0: Welcome to another episode of Subo Tours. We are now well and truly into the month of Halloween. That means we have another scary movie for you today. Today, we are looking at one of the latest reboot sequels to Hit Hollywood based on a film from 1992. We are going to look into it, and hopefully, these two are going to let me get through the intro without making all sorts of silly noises or sounds. Christ Almighty, we tried. This episode, we're talking about the Candyman.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Misha. I'm MJ. And I'm Anja. Roll the music.
2: (laughs) Do we have to like cue the music every single time?
0: No, I always assumed that they would leave it when I say cue the music. (laughs) <laughs> just you know, just bringing <laughs> it up. Just like. I mean, I don't mean it as a literal cue. I just like hearing it. I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Well, at-,
2: at least angel didn't sing it this time, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the Candy man.
2: He's singing something else now. He it's is the Candy, candy, candy man. man. Candy
1: Man. Well, I think we're seeing na, two na, very na, different na, versions na, of candy Man. Yep, two very different versions of the song.
2: Christine Indeed. Aguilera, bitch. <laughs> it's Christina, bitch.
1: Wait, male. Parang <laughs> male,
2: Free Britney. Oh. Anyway.
0: Okay, okay. So, it's October. It's a. Holy shit. How is it October
1: already? Wait. <laughs> this shitty year hey, just started. Lockdown part two, season two. Well, I don't know. What season two long four? I never
0: four? <laughs> four? could it. Uh, right. well, you
1: never know what they're calling it these days. So, you know, it's hard to tell which season of lockdown it is for us. Screw it. Okay, today, as
0: mentioned, we are talking about Candyman, which is a reboot sequel continuation to the 1992 film of the same name. So this was kind of a nostalgia trip and, um, you know, and also an exciting new film for us to take in. What did you guys think going into the movie? Before we start things off, what did you think
1: going in? Uh, Would you want to start, MJ? Or you're already talking so go ahead okay i just uh okay. i honestly did not know what to expect uh i did watch the first one i've seen the first one but i haven't seen it recently i've seen it about almost 20 years ago that was the last time i saw it so i was kind of apprehensive about this one cuz I, w- I didn't know what to expect or if i needed to watch the first one prior to it but i what i appreciated was that they they somehow retold the story of the first one and they used that the story of the first, they incorporated the story of the first one in this movie which turned out to be really great because it added to the mythos of the character <clears throat> of the of, of, of the character of the candy man. You know, <laughs> this, just <clears throat> it was fun and there's just one word if, for me to be able to describe this movie is that it's one huge metaphor for, for, for something that we'll get into later Yeah,
2: me personally, I I was never really familiar with Candyman growing up. Even, well, I was probably, I was a fetus probably around the time it came out. And definitely not exposed to any of those classic horror movies. But I actually watched it right before. Why do I do this to myself? Once again, I watched it before. (laughs) Not really two times in a row like I did um, for Hereditary and Midsommar. But, you know, still two horror movies back to back and yeah this is a pattern now but um, yeah uh, I didn't have any context but I was glad actually that I watched the original one before I watched this one because there was just so much about the character that you'd probably not really understand if you didn't see the first one so yeah, personally, um, I'm glad I saw it in recent years because Lord, Lord knows, I thankfully I never watched it as a kid because I would have been scared. <laughs>
1: but but I I remember the seeing the trailers on TV as a kid and running away from the TV, and <laughs> crying because of I don't know. <laughs> akong bata eh. like, oh wait, like,
0: I love horror movies now. Wait, but, let, let's but, talk about that because. Now, it's not just me who's dating myself, okay? In this case. Because there was a time when they would actually show like movie trailers in like half hour blocks on TV. Like when they had nothing else to show. Seriously? That was a thing? That was an actual thing. Yeah,
1: that was a thing. They would show trailers
0: and I shit you not. Misha
1: told me about those. Fuck off. (laughs) I didn't actually watch them. Misha told me about those. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Imagine
0: that there, you know, there was no internet in the early 90s, right? You only had your newspapers, your TV, or the actual cinema to to let you know what's coming up soon. So, mm-hmm. if if you could have a chance to see these trailers on TV, it was like, ooh, it's a big thing. It's not like now you can just go on YouTube, look up every trailer since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But back not even then, YouTube, Facebook. <laughs> so I remember being scared by that trailer, but I never actually saw the movie until years later. Because I I'm with Anjo on this. Because if I saw it like you know when I was like nine, ten years old, I don't know if I would <laughs> be able to process it because this Sorry. messed up. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you so much. Sorry. Moving on. (laughs) She just had to. She just had to. Screw you guys. I'm going home. (laughs) Wait, you are home. You are home. Okay, okay. Let's get to the new film. The new film. <sighs> <clears throat> the new film just opened. It is directed by Nia DaCosta, and it's written and produced by Jordan Peele. Of course. So that alone, that alone tells us that we have something entirely different. Maybe a little bit more topical than what mm-hmm. came before. Yeah. What did you guys think coming out of this movie?
2: Well, I can't help but compare them because, um, of course, this. Is meant to kind of be a sequel of some sort, sweet mm-hmm. sequel slash reboot. It can stand alone, but then there are just a lot of things that are also present in the first one. So I would say that the first one actually you could what you could expect from a simple '90s slasher fic- flick. Um, it isn't isn't it isn't as flashy or gimmicky compared to the horror slash. Slasher, slash slasher (laughs) flicks these days. (laughs) But it was a lot more... Slash slasher. Yeah, a lot of slashing going on, which I enjoyed personally. (laughs) But yeah, that was a lot more simple. I found this to be a very complicated... Not complicated, more like complex. There are like so many layers to it that you have to come in prepared, not just expecting a random (laughs) fun hacking and slashing and stabbing kind of movie. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um... I have the same opinion about it. Knowing okay. that Jordan Peele was attached to this project, you know, he's an executive producer and also one of the writers for the story. Uh, you can see that a lot of the content in this uh, or the themes in this movie are also present in his previous outputs, like mm-hmm. in movies like Get Out and Us.
2: Yeah, um, uh, racial so, racial issues.
1: Ra- yes, a lot of social relevance to it, you know, that's all over the place. And, you know, it's very on-the-nose you know, um Absolutely. it's so blatant and obvious.
0: So and I, I I completely agree with you. And going back to what you said earlier, I think what's really impressive here is that because look, this is not the first horror reboot sequel that we've gotten that that um made a point of ignoring every single sequel that came after the first film. Right. <laughs> True. Because <clears throat> there there's Halloween, there's um Nightmare Friday on Elm the Street, there's Friday the 13th. They all have a bad habit of retconning themselves, you know? Retconning. Like, like when new Jason sequel. went to space. That was kind of awesome. Stupid, but awesome. But and in this case... Freddy you know, versus Jason. <laughs> but what this thing does, exactly what you said earlier, it makes it more relevant, more socially relevant, while still somehow tying back into the original flick, which I did not expect. I thought they would just, you know, lift the title and then add youth and diversity and Call it a day. That's our reboot. tayo. That's it. We did our yeah. lip service. But they actually made a point of building on the original mm-hmm. plot. And that was that was surprising, really, for me.
2: Yeah. And in- something we gotta bring up about Candyman in general. I guess back then or it's probably one of those films that might not age as well. Because back even when it came out, there were already issues about you know casting the uh, a, a black man as the bad guy and everything. There were there were um, you know controversies around it, but well, um, having Jordan Peele produce it and Nia Da Costa it was the right direction to reboot it to be fresh for 2021 because it's Absolutely. like they're taking yeah. back the narrative and all of the controversy that that surrounded the first one. To kind of make it yep. like, oh, this is why the story turned out to be like that. So it explains mm-hmm. a lot. It doesn't ignore the controversy that came out back then. It acknowledges it and owns it like, oh, this is why, and we're going to tell you why, and you're going to be man blown, okay? <laughs> Th-
1: this is also why I'm re watching the 92 you one. You really again. should watch yeah. the first one, Anjo. I, on I just, yeah, I planned to, but I just didn't have the time. So I'm going to re watch the first one. Mm-hmm. It's all good.
0: Okay, so let's go into let's break down the plot. So we op- it's about this artist Anthony McCoy who has a new exhibit, and it is look it's based on the old legends of the Candyman, which they used to tell around his new fancy gentrified neighborhood, which actually is the the projects from the first movie, except now you know it's all shiny, it's all condos, high rises, hipsters, you name it. And um, then things start happening after his um, his first exhibit.
2: <gasps> Did people say the name five
1: times? Did you were you looking in well, a mirror? Oh no! It, w- it well, just, somebody somebody seemed to be turned on by it, but you know. Oh that, yeah, uh, that yeah. Turn yeah so, out so something well.
2: I don't understand. This also came out during the first movie. Okay, like <laughs> mm-hmm. y- we have this urban legend or myth where a supernatural being will come out after you say <laughs> his name five times in front of a mirror, yet people still do it and why somehow you get horny. That? The first, first, is, first thing is, yes, why would you do that in the first place? Okay, but second, why the fuck are you horny think, while doing it? It was present in the first film. It was present I do here.
1: A, I do think it's a trope in horror movies that horny people are usually the first ones killed No, in wait, movie, Horny in people in are usually the first ones to die
0: by virtue of being horny. Not because they were dumb <laughs> enough to be horny and someone a demon at the same
1: time. <laughs> I well, mean, they make it more worthwhile for these people to die in these movies, you know. <laughs> they want to summon demons or whatever, et, you know, whatever entity it is, and then you know. Look, have I six know six while facing immortality huh? is an aphrodisiac,
0: but this is kind of pushing it.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. we we always say we don't kink shame, but when your life
0: is on the line, I mean. Look, <laughs> if you're gonna fuck in front of a mirror and say Candyman five times, you have only yourself to blame.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well,
2: they. We're not. Obviously I mean, paid like, for it, so that's they a, a did, lesson. They did. So if so you get, you know, if you get turned cool, on like by that. you know life-threatening things, just you know try not to do it in front of a mirror and say the name Dude, five right. times.
1: So if, oh. if that's your king, just say it four times. Maybe <laughs> live. I don't know. <laughs> so you're tempting fate,
0: or are you? <laughs> what if What
2: if you make it your safe word? Oh no!
0: Oh my God, Candyman is the worst fucking safe word. Did we not? <laughs> No,
1: don't say it more than oh five God. times. I don't know if it works.
2: <laughs> well, oh, you're gonna you're gonna stop the action, but you know something else gonna come. You know what I mean?
1: Wait, are you gonna stop the action, or is somebody else gonna stop the action for you?
0: That's that's probably what's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> mm. Moving on. So okay, moving on. This is co- just mm. after a bunch of. Uh, there's no other word for it. After a bunch of stupid white people die at his exhibit. <laughs> 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 Anthony McCoy, uh, horny, decides,
2: stupid horny
0: white, well, well, stupid horny condescending white people. Yeah, well, there I, you go. Again, they Better. deserved it. They deserved it. Anthony, the artist, you know, he's intrigued because he wants to know more about this legend of the Candy Man, and his his um, curiosity actually takes him into the research uh, that was being done by the original character played by Virginia Madison in the first film. And Helen. He, Helen Helen Lyle. And the more he finds out, the more he finds out, the more he learns that um, his personal history might actually have something to do mm. with that Candyman legend mm-hmm. and what happened in the 90s.
1: Yeah.
2: Do we spoil it now or later?
0: <clears throat> no, let's keep... Uh, let's save it till later. Let's okay. save it till later. So, for those of you who don't know or need a refresher, the Candyman legend is about this artist you know he was the son of a slave and he was an artist who all the white rich white people they loved his art they didn't love him they loved his art as is the case with many people of color artists of color and it turns out that he committed the cardinal sin for somebody of his station in life at the time a couple hundred years ago he slept with a white woman and got her pregnant, basically. And the, when the white, rich white folk find out, found out, they decided to kill him in the most painful, humiliating, and grisly manner that they could. F- they, they they could. They chopped his arm off. They stuck a meat hook on it. They covered him in honey, let the bees get to him, and then they set him on fire. You know, just a regular Friday night for these folks, uh, I guess.
1: They would show the. Do they would show the, those images in the old trailers? Maybe that's what set me off as a kid. And um,
0: what happens is the deeper that Anthony goes down this rabbit hole, the less that he likes the stuff that he finds, basically.
2: Yeah. And um, more stupid people say the name five times and they get hacked.
0: <laughs> can, can I just say something about all these stupid people? Every person that the, the Candyman kills in this movie is a stupid white person. I, I, that's, I guess that's the statement Jordan
2: Peele and Nia Costa wanted to say, I guess. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. because I guess to them they don't understand the whole mythos behind it. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, the the people of color, the black people, are embed. It's in their culture to fear the Candyman because it's it's something that's happened to them and how they were um probably well you know years and years of slavery and abuse from you know the white people, but you know, mm-hmm. uh. The characters in the story who are stupid enough to say it, just think it's some sort of stupid legend legend or like a stupid scary story. Mm. They don't take it seriously because they don't understand the gravity behind the story. Mm -mm. And, you know, that's what gets you half into half
0: in the end. Something I liked about it was that um, it sits very comfortably at like this intersection of history and myth. Because, but... It, it And it elevates the material because what you said earlier, it's this is a very much just another slasher movie in the early 90s. And upon doing some research, it actually didn't do very well at the box office. It really took off on home video, on cable when people discovered it later on. They didn't go to the theaters to see it. They only fell in love with it after the fact. And but if you look at it by and large, it, he was just another slasher. I mean, sure he was a slave and all that. He was tragic. He was just you know an angry black man getting vengeance for what what happened to him. But th- what this movie does it, it expands that mythology and makes him a kind
1: of a, like like a spirit of vengeance for all the black people who have been wronged. No, what I liked about it is that the title of Candyman. Kind of turned into a mantle of sorts. Like there would every, in, in any every generation, there would be a new Candyman attached to it, mm-hmm. or who would carry the mantle. Like you know, um, there was a character who was supposed to be a di- the, the you know. I was so surprised because I thought all the while that they were going to use um, Tony Todd, the original Candyman, as yeah. the the vengeful spirit in this movie. But I was so surprised they they used a totally different actor. And um, you only see Tony Todd in the f- in, in a few scenes, like flashbacks and. Well, the ending when he actually has to send out the message about what Brianna, the girlfriend of Anthony, had to do that she knew not in, in the situation that she knew that the candy man truly existed and what the candy man meant to, yeah. to them as a people So it, or it, as a community.
2: It wasn't just it's not just one quote unquote bad guy throughout all these many years. There were like generations and generations of different quote unquote candy men. Who are haunting all these people, saying the name five times? But, but the were mirror. they
1: bad guys, really?
2: That's why it was. Quote, unquote. Right? Yes, exactly. Right? That's right. what that's what this film kind of twists around. So it's not I, just that that first guy Misha mentioned. There was also somebody else years and down years down the line who it's a uh, it's uh, I, what do you call it? It's a
1: cycle. It's a cycle, it's a cycle. yeah.
2: And I think it's that's a wha- that's an. It's an issue that was also brought up in this film that you would think that you have that legend and just stop with that one guy. But it just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening as years pass. So it's like nothing changed.
0: That was the heaviness that I did not expect. Mm-hmm. That where, where, where they try, they brought in current events in a way that still managed to be meaningful to what came before. Um, story-wise, as well as what's happening in the world today, I, I, w- I was really surprised by that. Honestly,
1: mm-hmm. I like how the characters surrounding Anthony were easy, so easily, you know, um, dismissive of him mm-hmm. until he became relevant. Like um, you, know, you know, let's get into Anthony as a character. Like he was a struggling artist. Like the guy, the, the guy, the gallery owner didn't even think his work was good enough to be displayed in his gallery during mm-hmm. the show. Yep, it was his girlfriend's success. He was apparently riding on to these people. So when his work became relevant because of you know those two horny, stupid, <laughs> ignorant white people,
2: one of which I think was the ga- gallery owner, I think yes, or yes or one yes. of the yeah, gallery in the owner gallery and and his intern, yes.
1: oh, and his gross. intern Oh, pasta uh, his intern Let's just ended at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, his intern that he was into.
1: Yes. Uh, uh kind of gross, but yeah. But, yeah, it's really yeah, gross. You see that Anthony, you know, becomes so. It, it, upon the new upon hearing of the news, when they're watching on TV, that you know these two people were killed in front of his 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 art installation his, art. His installation. There you go. His installation. The first thing he, the first words he utters is like, "They said they said my name," and everybody was just, "Oh my god, I can't believe this guy." Priorities,
0: man. People fucking died in front of your art, but yeah, right. it's cool that the news knows your name. Fine, sure, yeah. whatever.
1: And then we <laughs> we find out that um because of that notoriety, like people wanted him to have more of his people wanted more of his work more of his output because of that notoriety so and then after so
0: after the official uh, after the first couple of murders right Anthony talks to this guy Duke who fills him in on all of the backstory and the mythology of the Candyman how he talks about how it's not just a story that people from this neighborhood the black people from this neighborhood would tell each other you know to try and come to terms with the horrible horrible conditions that they were living under that it was something real and there was something to be afraid of and what's interesting about anthony is that he doesn't run away from this initially he in fact he he actually embraces it
2: can you run away from it though well, dun, dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. in the plot seconds Something that's interesting, though, for me is that about how people throughout history have always turned to fantastical stories um, to try and deal with what's happening in their current situation or trying to find sense in their current situation. Um, back in the day, they would tell fairy tales as cautionary, as cautionary fables. Oh or, yeah! Before they were right?
2: Disneyfied, they were like mm-hmm. actually pretty fucking scary.
1: They absolutely were. This is why Ariel. The stupid mermaid dies (laughs) in the actual books. That's true.
2: Turns into seafoam.
1: Yeah. That's messed up. Or, or
0: even like in the last century, it was comic books, people dealing with their traumas and their different problems and all that. But um, let's go back to Candyman. Candyman talks about something that's a lot more prevalent now. That's talking about um, racial um, disparities. It's talking about gentrification. It's talking about class issues. I was, And that's all in the first 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep the intro actually because the movie starts out in a uh, in in the in 1977 where we mm-hmm. see baby duke no sorry not baby duke like there's um, baby duke ad- adolescent duke fine more. adolescent duke uh going into a dingy basement you know trying to do laundry and we see cops and they're all you know cops are they're, they're white they're white cops you know and people are apprehensive of talking to them all over the place trying to find this guy who reportedly has been giving candy to kids, you know, and then candy with blades. So we then. see allegedly, supposedly, supposedly, she <laughs> don't, he, don't, don't. allegedly, she allegedly gave a uh, candy with blade, you know, one one candy with a razor blade in it to a kid. So we see we see Duke go about his business, and then we see some, you know, the first jump scare of the movie like this weird shape coming out of a hole and we see this guy with a hook for a hand it's not a meat hook yet but you know so we think it's the candy man it's obviously the candy man so and then he screams when he screams these cops come storming into the basement and start unleashing hell on earth on this guy who's just trying to be a nice guy giving out candy to kids you know again that's like that's a pretty obvious represent you know not representation. It's a pretty obvious depiction of, you know, co- the the society what society is like now with law enforcement and black people. <laughs> so I just don't, don't, you know, like it's the shoot first, ask later mentality. Like we've seen, you know, a lot of tragic cases because of that recently.
2: Not just recently, like years and years and years back.
1: hmm hmm But you know, nobody really says anything about it until now.
2: <laughs> it's it's very so it's very on the nose just from the start already. So mm-hmm. It's, it, it kind of sets the tone for what you can expect for the rest of the movie.
1: Yep. There you go. So,
0: there. What did you think about the direction? Because this is notable for being one of the first big blockbusters that we're seeing from Nia DaCosta, who is actually also right now prepping to direct the second Captain Marvel movie. Woo-hoo! And that should be interesting also. What did you think so of the way true. she pulled off
1: this one? I think her storytelling was pretty agile. Hmm. Like it's so different with the messaging because I, I don't know how what I would expect her to do with Captain Marvel too, but I'm excited for that because of Spectrum. But um anyway, in, in Candyman, it I think the storytelling was just very on the nose, but not distasteful in a way. How the characters represented certain things in Real life, were were told in such a way that they're still kind of respectful, but you know, you you really knew the gravity of the situation or what, what the reality of what these people have to deal with, you know, like how people can just be so dismissive of certain things, and disrespectful. I also like the fact that you know how how people say yeah because privileged people steal things from people who are marginalized. You know, like, like that was mentioned. That was clearly mentioned at some point in the movie. Um, I think it was when Anthony was being interviewed by the critic he killed. Mm. Did or did he? I don't know.
2: Did <laughs> he? Um, did he? Me personally, I this is actually the first Nia Da Costa film I've seen. And uh, it was uh, pretty solid. Um, again, I don't know what to expect. Um, I, I've heard her name a couple of times already without seeing any of her films. But the direction of this, I guess, pretty solid. Um... I do like some creative treatments that they've done for this film as opposed to compared to the first one. The first one was very simple. It's very 90s. So it's very straight to the point slasher. But there's just a certain level of complexity this was given. And at the same time, they also have the very satisfying kill. So it's like I think it's a good balance between the whole mythos of the whole candyman thing and plus the social relevance and the, you know, the fun slasher parts that we kind of enjoy. But something I did like, technicals-wise, direction-wise, how this was different from the first one. I like how for most of the film, you only see the Candyman through mirrors. I thought yes. that was genius. And mm-hmm. when I started when I started watching the movie, I was very confused because the the images of all the produce uh, of all the production outfits, all the everything like the Metro Goldwyn, it was parang yep. and I was like, yeah, Am I what? What's happening? <laughs> I was like, um, I was I was looking at it, like, what is wrong with this? Why is it upside down? But I it only happened at the start because when I saw the house numbers at the start of the moment, oh it's 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 right side. Oh, it's a mirror mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. really love the treatment with the mirrors. There were a bunch of shots also that were through mirrors. And that's that's the whole point of the Candyman um, legend because you say the name in front of a mirror. So incorporating yeah. that element was just so good. And even the parts where Candyman is like starting to kill people, you don't see him at all. But mm-hmm. you only see him through the reflection of mirrors. I thought that was genius.
1: It's okay. Uh, now that you mentioned that, that was, I agree. That was really totally awesome because it added to. Like you said, in the 92 movie, like you would see him because it's straight up. It was just a straight up slasher movie. Yeah, You'd and, see the guy walking and stalking. Their, yeah, and Hel-
2: Helen would see him like right in yeah, front right? of her.
1: Mm-hmm. So for, for, for this one, I think also it added to the story in, in, in such a way because we knew that Candyman was a legend of sorts. And legends are powerful because people know about them. In this day and age... Where the legend of the Candyman is forgotten, he loses that power. That's why he cannot manifest physically in the real world, which is why he only manifests in mirrors. That's what I—that's what I took from the story. It's why he couldn't be seen in in the real world only through mirrors, because not a lot of people knew his his existence yet. Mm. Which is why I wanted. Like, which is why in the ending, I'm jumping straight to the ending. Which is why in the ending, when we see da, the first Candyman, he tells Brianna, "Tell them all." Oh, so that the power of the Candyman stays. Yeah, so that's
2: that's a, a take on it.
1: Yeah,
0: what I really appreciated was the part, um, the fact that the grisliest kills, the gore, the violence, is more implied than anything else. Um, the way it was framed was that the most, the goriest, grisliest, most horror typical horror f- film cliche bits of it. All happened off-screen or out of frame. Mm-hmm. Um, all you're left with is the aftermath. It's more the idea of the Candyman that, yeah. that 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 that's terrifying. In 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 a clear case of less is more. Uh, I like. I like Anjo's take on it that maybe he couldn't come up to full strength yet. That's why he was only in the mirrors. But uh, uh, for me, I think that he was actually more powerful that way in in just being an idea, rather than something that people talked about openly. Because that's why they had to come up with the legend of the Candyman as something unspeakable, as something, as something you know that that would befall you if you were to do harm to a black person, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, When I watched the first movie, it was more a question of, was Helen just going crazy? Yes. she was getting Mm. way too into this. And you have the same question with Anthony, where you don't, especially with the first movie, you see Helen freaking out while she's being detained. And they Mm -hmm. show her um, videotape footage. And when she says that, he's here, he's here, but you don't really see anything in the Camera footage at all. So you're thinking, is she crazy? Is the Candyman an actual thing? And you don't really know until around the end of the movie. But here it's like, oh shit, you know, it's it's, it's real, yo, but you don't see mm. it, but mm-hmm. it's happening. You see the gallery owner getting dragged by thin air, by nothing, yep. actually, un- yep. until you see a mirror reflection and you see the Candyman dragging him. So it adds that. It's no longer a mystery. It's no longer something that might just be in someone's head, you know? Oh, shit's going down. Okay. That's it's real. It just establishes that from the start.
0: Can we talk about the connections to the first movie? I mean, while we're on it now, I am ashamed that it took me longer than I'm comfortable with to realize that the artist Anthony was the baby from the first movie. I am so sorry. It took me forever. To realize that, okay? They, they were really, they were kind of subtle about it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they were. And, you know, and then it's not until, like, he gets stung by a bee on his right arm and he just starts, like, scratching at it throughout the no, whole flick. And it, it just gets it,
1: progressively more disgusting. Can, can, I mean, like, I wanted to point that out because this movie really triggered my tryptophobia. Like, <laughs> yeah. really, like. Like, my, my, my back started itching, and you know, like, ugh, ugh. I just, never mind. I just remember the image <laughs> in my head.
2: I'd like to think I also oh. have tripophobia, but <laughs> it didn't trigger me. I was more triggered by Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther for some Sa reason. Payon.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, something that I, was I, cool I don't about know. this, this one just was just weird.
0: Something that was know. cool about this one is that it acknowledged the role that stories play in our society, or also mm-hmm. how those stories can change depending who's telling them. Like, for example, when they recount the events of the ending of the first movie about Helen and that bonfire and all of that, I'm oh, like, yeah. "That's not what happened. Exactly,
2: it was different." <laughs> I was Nibak, like, that's not what happened. She
0: was. That's in the, the power fire. of she didn't legend.
1: Like,
2: walk into it with
1: mm-hmm. the baby. You know she mean? saved so, that baby. Maybe. Yeah. That's the power of legends for you. And I guess that's also why this story was made. Because, you know, the legend of the Candyman has to live on. And, you know, there's money in franchises. But, uh, um... <laughs> really now, what about Candyman 2 and 3? We pretend those third... didn't
0: happen. Just like this See? movie.
1: <laughs> or was it the fourth one that, that went straight to video?
0: Still, this is the fourth franchises. one.
1: Franchises. Mm. Oh, this is the fourth. One. Yes, the this third is the one's fourth one. The this isn't director video. The third one. The third one. The
0: third one was director video. Yeah, that was that was it crap. Was- um, let's go on to the cast, wine, shall we? Because there's something neat about the okay. The film stars Yaya Abdul Mateen II as Anthony, right? He's really good. He mm. you might know him from you know more mainstream stuff, but he it, I, I got something neat. Okay, this is gonna be the stupidest thing you've heard today, but like everybody in this fucking movie has been in a DC project of some sort, and it's insane. Or Marvel. Or Marvel. But I'm going with DC now because I mean everybody. See, yeah, like Abdul Mateen, he was like Black Manta in Aquaman. Manta. And he was fucking Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen, right? Oh um, well, yeah,
1: that's the second Disney uh, right? DC title. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: And uh, what's her <laughs> name? His mother time. in this movie is played by Vanessa E. Williams, who was like, she was Iris West's mom on The Flash. Virginia Madsen, who was Helen in the first movie, you know, she was in Swamp Thing in the TV show. Tony Todd has even played Darkseid on a couple of animated projects including Young Justice. So everybody in this he fucking movie have has been voice. in DC. <laughs> Tony but, Todd.
1: And you have Spectrum from Marvel.
0: And you have Spectrum from Marvel. But what can you say about the cast and the acting as it was? Uh, it felt, I don't know,
2: it just felt natural to me. It's just, I'm watching a movie and it's uh, the the cast is really good. I mean, I would say that it's much better than the first one. Although the actress of Helen was really good, but there were just some side actors that I thought were really really bad. I, I'm, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry to be comparing, but yeah, I, I I would like to point out Stacy the first the the, the, <laughs> the at the first movies because oh, there's also this parallelism. You know, we have gallery owner and uh, intern in the first one trevor helen's husband was actually also fucking his i think his student mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. that that sort of gross relationship also present in the first and actually both movies so my qualms about stacy trevor's new girlfriend oh my god who he was having an affair <laughs> with her acting was horrible terrible i like i wanted to see her half into two, but you know anyway
0: well look, maybe she figured you know it's such a slasher movie that no one's ever going to see Ugh, whatever. She was horrible. Well, but <laughs> Italian was was Father. brilliant.
2: But at least for this other, uh, this, this sequel, the 2021 one, everything was just so natural. I just felt like everybody was just so good. And I was thinking to myself, thank God they don't have that one character who is like so cheesy. Because <laughs> I think with the subject matter Nothing- too, you can't be cheesy with this one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, think they had to be sensitive. To that the really matter. helped.
0: That really helped that everyone here is playing it absolutely straight. That actually works. As opposed to some of the more jokey slasher franchises. Like, you know, um, Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever. With the one-liners and all. This one is pretty serious. That, yeah. Which is… That made it actually a heavier experience than mm-hmm. one would expect from yes. a slasher movie.
1: Yeah. I thought that um, um, Anthony sold it. Like, the character of Anthony was… like it's a good performance it was a i think that was a good performance um even Brianna, even the supporting cast was good um, they were really fun and enjoyable to watch they were super believable like all the relationships to each other mm-hmm. that was just fun watching them interact with each other pretty solid mm-hmm.
2: like even when the even during the times that they were like joking around like ooh it's creepy shit that is how people act around it. And it's not in any way cheesy. Even the stupid high school girls, the, the, the ones that, you know...
1: The, spectub- mm-hmm. the, Skeptics, the ones skeptical that, bitches. Yeah,
2: the ones that say it together in the bathroom. Even if you had those stereotypical horror movie characters, they felt like natural bitchy high schoolers
0: to me. One of the characters that I really liked was Duke. Oh yeah, Duke. Yeah. I like Duke. Um, he was played by um Coleman Domingo, and I, I I've actually seen him before on Fear the Walking Dead, where he plays the smartest guy in the room, and even here he's still playing somebody who knows more than he probably should, and it's 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 um. He's actually the one who kicks off the bulk of the storyline. I mean, we can talk about spoilers now. He's actually the one who knows everything about the Candyman. He knows the importance of the Candyman myth, Important. um, with regard to um, with regard to black society, and he's also the one who thinks that this generation needs a new Candyman.
2: Yes. If- it's it's in ki- in his case he kind of also is the catalyst to everything because he feeds all of this into Anthony's brain. Mm-hmm. Like, on, only to figure out later on that he kind of has this motive, although he means well because he sees what's going around. Like you said, he's well, uh, well too aware of what's happening around him, and he feels like he has to go to such extreme measures. To bring back, quote-unquote, the Candyman. So it's like, oh yeah, your like, heart's in the right place, dude. But like, who It's like he, the wanted, he wanted
0: black fucked people to be angry. Yeah. Angry again or angrier than they were mm-hmm. currently. He was like, he was a super angry black man who was willing to do whatever it took to make the world see what his people were going through. Even if it meant summoning another fucking demon.
1: Wow. It's it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of my takeaways from this movie was that this movie was essentially the the frustration and anger that you know marginalized people would feel to privileged people taking control of whatever they had you know and turning it against them.
2: I would probably say in that little grid you see online a lot. He's probably, and I'm, 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 I wouldn't say good, but probably leaning towards like the chaotic spectrum of things.
1: Yeah, the chaotic good.
2: <laughs> like super, like good. a little beyond that. I mean, he means well, but like, do, do
1: dude. You think- chaotic, me- is he chaotic, major good? That's maybe past chaotic good. Uh, major good. Chaotic okay. neutral? I don't know. No. Okay, no. I, I, have
0: a, I have a question. Did he know, he knew exactly who Anthony was, right? I guess
1: I guess so Yeah I guess so cause <laughs>
2: or, did, or did things just line up naturally somehow which is, I don't
1: know because Which
2: is why I also bring up the question Can Anthony actually escape this fate?
1: Ooh. I would assume that he knew exactly who Anthony was Because he had to deal with an experience with the Candyman Because the, his sister was murdered by the Candyman So I guess that would Yeah but that was the 70s Candyman Not the 90s Candyman Very true. <laughs> yeah. It's very true.
0: So, like, you know, he was he was like, okay, fine. He wants to he wants to use the legend of the Candy Man to incite anger to make the black community rise up in arms in anger, whatnot. So he was willing to frame him for the murder. Okay, I guess he would have had to know. Yeah, I, maybe he does no, know.
1: I, he would know. No, I he guess. knows the because legend he, of
0: the Candy Man enough to. To, to to goad this uh, local artist into doing the ritual in front of a mirror, but did he know that that local artist was the baby from 25 years ago?
1: I would assume he did. From 30 she years was, ago, I would assume that he did because if you're deeply embedded in a community that knew about the legend of the Candyman, you would probably know what you know. What's the what what's been up and up with the with everything that's been related to the Candyman? Because you know there was this event with this lady called Helen Lyle.
2: Um, Maybe he just he was same from the same neighborhood. He knew the mom. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, Sp- I, can I just say, Vanessa E. Williams aged very well. <laughs> the mother. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like believe very, that very, she very was that important mom.
2: to have the E there, just so the, we're not it, it thinking is. like Vanessa Williams. Oh, wait, wait. You know, what gets
1: more. She's confusing? not saying colors of the wind. You know what gets movie, more you know?
0: confusing oh, this, is that <laughs> well, she became. She was an actor when Vanessa Williams, the 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 singer. Uh, the singer, the beauty queen, the actor, Opa When she <laughs> before she became famous, right? But then Vanessa Williams, the singer, became an actor in a movie called Soul Food. And then later on, there was a TV show, Soul Food. And Vanessa E. Williams was in that. And they were playing like two different characters. So uh, now my head hurts. They literally had to do arbitration over who had the rights to use the name <laughs> Vanessa Williams at some point.
2: Right. Were they trying to save the best for last?
0: Depends if you can (laughs) paint all the colors of the I can't, I got nothing. I'm sorry. I tried. I fucking tried. tried. I tried. (laughs) Never mind. Moving on. Yes, but yes, Vanessa
1: E. Williams aged very well. Like what the actual hell? It's like I I couldn't believe that she was the mom. I was like, really? You look like his sister. True, man. She really did look look like his sister. Especially when he said his arm was rotting off already at that point. Yeah. When he said mom, I was like, (laughs) Nan Nay yan. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 bata, bata, mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Aging well. Goals. Okay. okay. Goals, goals, goals. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So okay. So whether or not he knew who Anthony was in relation to his plan, it I don't think it mattered in the end. No. He just wanted somebody to summon the candy man so he could frame somebody for being the candyman.
2: Yeah, I
1: guess. I think based on how I understood the story, I think that he knew that there had to be a sacrificial lamb to take the mantle. And maybe because he knew who Anthony was, he knew that he was being prepped. That's why Anthony was the baby. That's why, you know, in the case of the first movie, from what I remember, because I haven't seen this movie in about 20, in almost 20 years. <laughs> 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 maybe he was being prepared to be the heir to the mantle. And Duke knew that. So he was able to, and he knew exactly who Anthony was.
2: Yeah, maybe. So he was maybe. able to
1: goad him into doing mm-hmm. all those things that he did. You know,
2: maybe he was trying they, to be poetic about it. Oh, you were the baby. You will, co- yeah. you were the chosen one. We shall continue this legacy. I, I, like that. I, I'm, I just,
0: know. I'm confused you, though. It's like I thought you had to be like a black person who was like viciously murdered for a crime you unjust, didn't commit. Yeah, yeah unjustly murdered for a crime you didn't, whatever, right? For a crime you didn't commit, right? So how come when that bee bites him, he starts like, like? turning like a freaking vampire. Like he's already on yeah. his way to becoming Candyman before he gets
1: his arm chopped off in this movie. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a bee virus. I don't know. Maybe it's a really bad bee sting allergy. <laughs>
0: Something that was cool actually about that first movie was… There was no CGI back then. So all those mm-hmm. fucking bees on Tony Todd's face, in his mouth, on his body… Those were real. Holy and they shit. Had, they had what? To, they had to breed no. them specially just to make sure that they were clean… Holy shit. They actually put fucking bees in his mouth for that one where they're all coming out.
1: What a badass. He he, he willingly got stung for the role? Not willingly.
0: They would pay him $1,000 for every bee sting he got. So so how many... I wonder how much he made. That is a good question. I'm sure that Google will help us out. But yes, he made <laughs> a thousand bucks extra for every time a bee would wow. bite him. Well, I don't know about no. you. I would not put 30 fucking bees in my mouth and have them crawling all over my torso. Thank you very much. No way in hell. I don't
1: know. He is for a thousand a- bucks, first thing? Hmm, let me think. <laughs> But I don't Especially know. He looked bread. so
2: cool. He looked so cool, considering that yeah, there was no CGI. He was pretty yep. effective, as uh, you know, mm. pretty scary. So, what a badass! When I,
1: when I saw this When I saw it as a teenager That looked pretty badass But when I saw it When I was like 5 or 4 On TV That mm-hmm. was horrible for, I um, had nightmares As a kid For
0: no Tony Todd actually Has a lot of Genre credits To his name He's been on Everything from like Star Trek The Crow He was one of the soldiers In The Rock He was the voice of The Fallen In that god awful Second Transformers movie He was in Final Destination movies He was the creepy guy In the Final Destination movies <laughs> Yeah he, he was
1: the creepy guy he was was the all knowledgeable guy who would tell you you that
0: death is hunting you guys what did you do he was the (laughs) one in every (laughs) final destination movie and he's been on like every nerd show you can think of so this guy's got street cred so i was happy to see him at the end honestly even if it was like weird ass de-aged cgi
1: shit it was just fun to see
0: him covered in bees again yeah as much as
1: i enjoyed this movie like that that was the only thing that I didn't appreciate was the DH CGI that people are overusing in Hollywood right now.
0: Yeah, but he was covered in bees. I think the bees were CGI too.
2: <laughs> at least. At least, you know. <laughs> at least. Given how many years <laughs> it's been, I don't think he'd be willing to be stung by actual bees again. So oh, good okay, for him. <laughs> so now, we know where the,
1: now we know where the budget for the bee stings went. It went to CGI. <laughs> no, that is true.
2: But <laughs> I one thing I also appreciate about him is this... This very low register of his voice when he does narration, amazing voice. Even even from the first movie as well, his narrations, his lines were just extra creepy because of how he just delivers the lines, and you kind of get a taste Mm -hmm. of that again here, which I really appreciated.
0: Absolutely, can can I just say like something that really caught my eye? Um, going from this the first movie to this one was that first off. The jump is insane. When you see how fancy the neighborhood is now. Oh yeah, bro. I was like, wait. I thought this is a sequel. Where the hell are we? Why? Why does it look like this? Why is it all it's fancy like and gentrified? Brooklyn
1: is like what Brooklyn is now. It's pretty fancy. Or what Hell's is. Kitchen
0: looks like now. It's like hipster yes. town.
1: Yep. Everything's so expensive in Hell's Kitchen.
0: Mhm. But mm-hmm. okay. Can we talk about the ending, please? Because yeah, that was messed up. Uh, so that ba- that I
2: think the ending was the most on-the-nose thing through the current events now.
1: Like If you couldn't figure out what the entire movie is trying to tell you, the ending will definitely tell you what
0: Mm -hmm. it was about. You you know how like in every fucking episode of The Walking Dead, they try and remind you that The Walking Dead doesn't refer to the zombies. It refers to the people because people are the worst. This movie, the ending, if you don't think people are the worst because at the ending of this movie, you were watching a different movie. Yep, yep, yep.
2: So, after the whole kerfuffle of the reveal, you know, Duke chopping Anthony's arm off, putting a meat hook in and, you know, uh, some violence that happens in between, the cops come in Mm -hmm. and Anthony already probably very weak and... Um, from dying. The, dying from the loss of blood and maybe also his uh, nasty uh, beast thing that spreads around mm-hmm. his body. Brianna, you <laughs> yeah. know, carries him, you know, tries to take care of him until the cops come in and bam! Did you shoot even, the hell out they, him? They do. And he's lying on the floor defenseless. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it actually in his arms. Yeah, I know. In her arms. And if ever you actually, any logical person who walks into that scene, wouldn't actually shoot anyone because of what's happened. Because Duke is down. Anthony's down. Brianna's crying, having Anthony in her arms. And like, who the fuck do you shoot in that case, bro? What's wrong with you people? So again, this police brutality. What To be right fair, the, the dude had
0: a fucking meat hook where his arm used to be. But yeah, he's but already he on the moving. ground. But he looks Guy, like a horror moving. movie killer. No, I get your point. I, I'm just uh, messing. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, but we have here this <laughs> essentially a defenseless yeah. black man on the ground bleeding out. And there's this woman who's saying he, she needs help. He needs help. And, and they, they, get do, shot.
1: they do their thing. This mm. is where the thing, where this whole scene gets more fucked up. Is that when Brianna gets into the cop car, this one cop comes in telling her that she has choices to make. You tell them that he came running at them, attacking them. That's why they had no choice but to shoot them. Or she becomes, you know, an accomplice to the crime and she gets arrested because of it. Yeah, her. I, I don't know. That, 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 to me, was just even more fucked up than the whole movie. And then all the kills of the movie. It's like, mm.
2: Yeah, but I love what she does afterwards. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was so Vengeance. satisfying. So
2: <laughs> just when when she said, um, "Can I see myself in the mirror?" I was like, "Oh was like, no, shit!" No, no,
1: yeah, you, shit. you 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 knew shit was going <laughs> down. You 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 knew this guy's gonna have it coming.
2: Yep, and it yep. was just so mm. epic how it all happened. So she, you know, he she's like, "Just just let me see myself in the mirror. I'll say anything you want." And then she starts saying, "Can you make me?" No, actually four times, and the dude says it the fifth time, which was Uh amazing. And Mm -hmm. out comes Anthony in full Candyman form with all the bees, and you know, slashing all the cops outside the cop car. Blood splattering uh, on the windows, glorious. And he was just hovering, like
0: scared. I know. Just chilling there. So I, I have to ask. So if okay, she said it four times, and the cop said it once. Does it mean that Candyman goes after the one who says it last? Or are all black people able to use the ritual as a bat signal to call the spirit of vengeance to save them from white people?
2: Well, I guess they do kind of explain it. They kind of explain it anyway that in the end also, it's like it actually boils down to Candyman killing whoever deserves it. And you see this throughout the film… That somehow most people who go under the meat hook are actually mm-hmm. shitty people.
1: Yes, or skeptical.
2: Yeah, or you know, um, and I don't know. Maybe it's because the Candyman in this form was Anthony, and he he couldn't hurt Brianna. Maybe.
1: But, yeah. I don't yeah. know, uh, but that yeah. actually makes that's sense. valid. That's a valid reason. Yeah, I like that. I like that.
0: But I like also how they were showing that even if his face may change, he's still going to be that spirit of vengeance that is seeking justice for unjustly murdered black people. In this case, that of course has taken an entirely new context um, in the year 2020, 2021. And at the end of it, he morphs his face uh, and he becomes becomes the OG Candyman. He's Tony Todd. And he's all like what Anjo said. He's all like, Tell everybody. It's like, tell them, like, Batman is here. Just tell everybody. <laughs>
1: don't forget. It's like, don't forget, I exist. He's like, tell your friends about me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something I actually love how current this is, is how they use the tagline a lot. Say my name. Or actually in the movie poster, say his name or say. Yep. It. Yep. I'm not, I'm. I'm going to try not to burst into a song for a Destiny's Child song. But either way. That's me trying. Anyway, um, it's very important <laughs> to know that it is not just because you literally say Candyman five times in front of the mirror. It's because of how things are going, especially in the U.S. with police brutality, and what they say for all the victims of police brutality is say their names. Yes, like a lot of yes. a lot of uh, BLM movements, they shout all the victims' names. They they make sure that they are not forgotten. So in, not, context, yes, exactly. yes. so
0: in this context, yes, exactly. So in this
2: context, it makes it even more important to have that tagline say his name or say their name because, yes, this is essentially the same thing. These people were murdered or killed because of the unjust system. And yes, you have to say their name so you don't forget. So it's like I, I wanted to
1: say the exact same thing, but I think you said it better. <laughs>
0: I think Candyman, uh, uh, for that purpose, what you said, saying the name works, because I don't know if you stand in front of a mirror and you say Anthony McCoy five times, it doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it.
2: <laughs> but you know, you get you get the you get the gist of it. How?
0: Absolutely, it, it, it's just incredible how Jordan Peele was able to take all the tropes. That he was incredibly faithful to that first movie. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. have to be at all. He could have just redone, redid it. He could have just done it completely differently. Just kept the name. Keep it as some kind of avenging spirit. But instead, he chose to make it a sequel. He chose to pay homage to what came before. And um, I think both films are actually richer for it.
2: Yeah, it, you own. it's them taking ownership of the story. Yes. And what better way to say that it than, you know, being those people involved in these injustices, like black people? This, this is mm-hmm. their story.
0: So, so they're owning it. It was, yeah. And telling the world. What was your favorite scene aside from the ending? Cause that's cheating. What was Ooh. your
1: favorite scene? Okay, wait, hold on. Let's do kill counts aside from the ending. Okay, fine. What's your best kill?
0: Hmm.
1: I like I like the bathroom kill. <laughs> what, with the with the five girls. <laughs> with the stupid. With bitches. the five girls. Four, because one of them chickened out.
2: Oh, she was the smart one in that case. She was mm-hmm. the
1: smart one. I'm glad she chickened out. She left after out. three? She left after three? Or, yeah, anyway. No, I think I, she left after yeah, four. She left after four.
0: And she's like, yeah, fuck with this. And then she leaves and then black girl comes in and goes into the stall. But yeah. Wait, yeah. I have a question. Is it cumulative? Like, it, what happens if that girl who went, who left the bathroom goes home, looks in the mirror while she's combing her hair, like that evening, and she says it again? Does that count as five? No, I don't think so. Because one? I think
1: I think that transaction has been done when the four of them completed the five ah, that right. they required.
0: So her Candyman so count is down to
1: zero. Yeah, back yes, to I zero guess it resets she again. I <laughs> see, I see, I see. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah okay. After that, I, after after hearing of the news of her friends, I don't think she would say it again.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: that was probably my <laughs> yeah, favorite. That's yeah, that's true. That is I very ap- true.
2: Actually, really enjoyed the gallery kill.
0: I
1: also.
2: Oh, that was liked I that. really because again, you know, gross guy getting what. You know, he had it coming. But I this is where you actually discover that you only see him through the mirrors.
0: Yes. And He's
2: and gonna, you also see this oh. um this whole this big white projector screen being like torn off with the hook. I love
0: that part. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I also like that you only see him like in the reflections, not just in the mirrors of the installation that Anthony made, but also in other of the mm. uh, sculptures. Other mirrors. And mm-hmm. also in the the, act- the glass doors of the venue. Yep. You see his reflection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not want to be in an elevator with mirrors. Speaking of elevators with mirrors. Oh yeah, that, that elevator was was is oh, that, was that was fucked up. Well, the second when he, he got f- in there, I was like, nope, yeah.
1: nope, 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 nope. Also… That one scene where Yaya, Yaya Abdul-Mateen was looking at himself. No, not at himself, but at the reflection of him as the Candyman. Yeah, I was confused by that. that. was Why, w- shit.
0: Was that because like he was already transforming into Candyman? Because he got bit by a vampire bee? <laughs> vampire bee. Oh, I think bee. it was foreboding. I think, it was, it, like foreboding? A I think it was a foreboding what, thing. But, like, but it goes back to what we were talking about with Ari Aster. You know, which is also this month because horror. Um, I, I mean, man, that recording fucked me up. Was he always <laughs> destined to become the candy man, whether or not Duke put the idea into his head to summon the guy in the first place? I would say yes.
1: I think yes.
0: Because, like, the mom said that she and everybody in the neighborhood agreed nobody's going to talk about this fucking guy ever again. It was Duke who brought it back. It was Duke who brought, who 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 led to him being summoned again, who led to all these murders starting again, because I guess he felt that yeah, the black community needed an avenging angel, or hook-handed demon
1: from hell.
2: Hmm, I, hook-handed
1: I, I, avenge, avenging demon. I
2: there would lean more towards its fate, its destiny, because it's, horror.
0: Okay, fair enough. So he was always gonna be. Hmm. So that means you watch the first one now and you see that baby being saved. You're like, hey, you're going to be him in 25 years. Oh, shit. Poor. Bastard. But
2: can I just say 25 years later, the Candyman has been awfully efficient in killing his victims this time. Because of the back in the 90s one, the lore always said he's going to start from uh, he's going to like literally cut you in half. Right. Mm-hmm. But here in the new one, he, you know, he goes off with just like slashing your neck and he's fine. He's because like, you it was too much effort it, cutting them in because
1: half. It, because it <laughs> was an now, OG Candyman.
2: He's now more efficient. Can I was just say? One, he's like, oh, I, I don't have to. Have to. You, you know,
1: you know how you know what they this one say. Was the seventies Candyman, but in the nineties Candyman, it was Daniel, the original one, Tony Todd, yeah, who was doing it. Yeah, okay. so maybe maybe yeah. the other guys were on vacation back then. So you know. Like but eh, it, or I'll is it a case yeah, that they change
0: it. his face into any of the black people who died throughout history? Because I also got some of that vibe. Well, either way, that, he's a lot of of more efficient
2: now. He doesn't have to kill well, people the same way, which is which I appreciated. It's like, oh save more time, also, kill more people.
1: It's, a, it's also twenty twenty one now compared to nineteen ninety two. People have probably you know adapted. He probably adapted also to work smart. <laughs>
2: I, hard. <laughs> I, I don't know. Or he's become incredibly lazy like all of us. Like, "Mm -hmm."
1: (laughs) I want a Netflix in my, I don't know, my other realm thing. I got a Netflix. I'm going to kill this person in like two two slashes. I'm
2: going to go for convenience.
0: (laughs)
1: But he had to make his intro memorable, you know? He had to stalk the art gallery guy and his girlfriend, you know? That was pretty cool, like he was slashing. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, he but, still had to make a good entrance.
0: Yeah. That was but,
1: badass. That can was I also say, oh yeah? Badass.
2: Can I also say I appreciate Anthony's installation art too? Because it's like those bathroom mirrors from the OG.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's like yes. oh, where Helen summoned cool. yeah. the Yeah. And
2: then it's all it also leads to a bigger room beyond opening mm-hmm. that bathroom yeah. mirror. Yep. That that was great. That was a good homage to the first one.
0: Through art. Mm-hmm. Art. Okay. Art. So I guess the only question that remains is would you recommend this movie
1: and why? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would. I would. If you're a fan of um horror movies and slasher flicks and gore i would say you would it's a little bit on un- i mean like it's not it's downplayed but it still has the elements of of gore and the violence of 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 slasher flicks it's also a little bit smarter than a lot of them
2: Mm. Smarter, definitely. But I would recommend mm-hmm. it, but give a warning because it's not like a fun slasher. Because it's not fun, to be yeah. honest. It's yeah, pretty it's heavy. It, it, it has a lot of uh, Meaning. Uh, complex issues yeah. lying yeah. there. But if yeah. you go into it expecting a fun slasher flick where like, oh, ah, people die. Haha, <laughs> it's funny. It's cool. It's gory. No, it's not like that. So I think it is best... To walk into this movie... <laughs> walk into the theater? We can't do that. I'm sorry. So it's best to like maybe turn on your screen and watch it with the understanding that it's going to tell you a really strong statement. And if you don't have the open mind for it, I don't think you're going to like it. Because if yeah. you're not prepared for the intense and on-the-nose messages that Nia Costa and Jordan Peele have, then you're definitely... it's Because it's not as... Let's say if, even if you compare it to Jordan Peele works that are still somehow of this of this statement, but there were they were a lot more action-packed. This had a lot of talk and story behind it. So it's something that you should un- understand more. It's not fun, mm-hmm. but it's meant to be understood.
0: Absolutely. It's, absolutely. That's very well said.
2: It has the yeah. risk of people going into it expecting a slasher film, but finding it too... Well, some people already in the review say, oh, it's like, ah, oh, it's woke. It's uh, it's trying to be woke. But it's. I honestly think that it is a very important statement. And if you don't have that mindset of understanding where these filmmakers are coming from and with the reality that comes with it, you're not going to like it. And you're probably not very good of a person if you don't try to understand it. so some- <laughs> my
0: statement. No, you, I, statement I by you, those? you hit it on the nose absolutely yeah. right because something that um something that kevin smith said in the jay and simon bob reboot movie one of the thing one of the monologues the character has there is that the difference between a sequel and a reboot is like a sequel you can just add youth and diversity um to an existing property and call it a day even if you do it like 10, 20 years later. But a reboot is something where you can throw everything out, but just keep the title and your gold. This movie strikes a fine line. There's a great balance here um, in honoring what came before while completely recontextualizing the entire narrative and presenting it in a new and different way for a contemporary audience and i think that's what i appreciated about it now what you said earlier where it's a bit more talky um than jordan peele's usual i think a lot of that came from the fact that if you want to look at it as a sequel then the first movie already did the heavy lifting um in a way you already know what this character can do you already know why he's scary you already know that he's you know he's gonna kill all of you stupid white people. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, no, I'm not... And look, okay, there's a joke that black people are always the first one in a horror movie to die. But as huh. more, than, more than one black person has pointed out, you know, that is stupid. The black person would be the first one to leave the house the second it starts looking haunted, okay?
2: <laughs> That's the, true though. The black
0: person is the first one who would not be running in a straight line away from the killer trying to run in <laughs> his like, car. Oh, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> right? <laughs> fuck you guys. So, this is not your typical slasher and I think it's all the better for it. I love that Jordan Peele took the effort to actually try and pay homage to the original while also continuing the narrative and um I now know what a Jordan Peele slasher movie looks like. So, yeah, I have I recommend this completely. And mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing what the director does um with the Marvels, which is Captain Marvel 2. Um, whenever yes. the hell that gets made.
2: Yes. But I, I am I am also I am lead, also lead. interested in seeing other Nia da Costa films after this one. Yes, besides the Marvel's. upcoming the Marvels, Marvel
1: movie, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's going to be interesting because it's going to be the second woman of color to direct a mo- um, a big blockbuster Marvel movie after Chloe, you know, yep. Chloe Zhao. Yeah, Chloe Zhao is the other one, which we'll be seeing in a few months. But mm-hmm. apparently, mm-hmm. Um
0: Dacosta is going to be the youngest person to direct a Marvel movie after Ryan Coogler, who did Black Panther. Get, so, it holy Get it girl. Get it. That's a that is a resume. That is a fucking good resume. I think resume. she's
1: currently 32 years old. That, what? Pretty, yeah. yeah. she's currently 32 years to old. Take that song. Are we personally.
2: Doing with our lives.
1: I don't fucking know. Dude, near the Costa, man. Uh, You're awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: okay, okay. Totes so recommends. A, absolutely. an so open mind. <laughs> Ooh, doo-dee-doo-doo, doo-dee-doo-doo. let us say know what you name, think in the comments tell us what you thought love love of you 2021. 2021. You say say tell us name, what you thought name, of candy man 2021 if you want to tell us what you thought of candy man 1992 name, name. you can also do that <laughs> <laughs> look us up on facebook we are the sub Tours. we also have a facebook group sub Tours. we like movies we are also on instagram sub underscore autours. Look us up. We got new episodes every week. We have minisodes on the way. These two stop singing for some reason. I'm gonna go with it. Thank you so much. We are your hosts. I'm Misha. Wow.
2: I'm Beyonce. That's MJ. No,
1: I'm Beyonce. I was singing.
2: Beyonce.
1: Beyonce. And I'm Kelly. Oh, wait. I'm getting.
0: Misha's Michelle. What the actual shit? Nobody wants to be Michelle. I'm Man, I don't even think Michelle wants to be Michelle. Sorry, man.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. I just had to. I'm not Beyonce. I'm MJ fan. But yes, I'm, Misha's getting I'm, I'm really manjo. good at powering through us singing through I the I hate outro. you all. I hate you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. watch Candyman. Woo! And watch out for our it's future the episodes. See and all you next the other week. horror stuff we have this month. Horror? Mm-hmm. Horror?
0: <laughs> Candyman. No! Okay, bye! <laughs>